This is Women in STEM Career and Confidence, the podcast for scientific and professional women who want to restore confidence, make meaningful impact, and balance the things and people that mean most to them. I'm Dr. Hannah Roberts, and I'll be sharing with you insights and inspiration into the mindset and skill set to help you navigate your career and lead powerfully. Welcome to the show today, Natsuko. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And I would love it if you could start by just telling everybody who you are and what you do. My name is Natsuko Suwaki. I'm a Governance and Standards Director at GSK in the Legal and Compliance function. And I love my role. Um, I get to do a wide variety of things, all aimed to enabling leaders bring their vision and strategy to life. Now, a lot of it is around connecting dots, being the eyes and ears for them, and finding opportunities for collaborations and improvements. And all of this gives me great visibility of what we are doing as a function. And that's the part I really enjoy. Um, But this is a relatively new role for me. As my background, I'm a scientist. I did a PhD in cell and molecular biology, and I started my career as a research scientist in the space of cancer research. I then decided to leave bench work in 2013, and that's when I joined the um, Global Regulatory Affairs labeling team at GSK, which is in the R&D function, until a year and a half ago when I moved to the compliance team. And outside of work, I'm a mother. I have a six-year-old boy who I love very much. And I'm originally from Japan. Thank you, Natsuko. Thank you for letting us know who you are and what you do. And as we start in the podcast today, I always like to ask the question, you know, what was going on in your life before you started coaching? What prompted you to actually go, hmm, maybe a coach could help me out here? I was having a think about when I first had a call with you. So I had to go back and look up my emails. And it seems our first call was in September uh, 2020. Wow. Have we really known each other for two whole years now? (laughs) Apparently so. I was a little bit surprised, but I was surprised and I wasn't surprised because at one point I thought it was from 2019. But I don't know, time flies, especially, you know, I think during the COVID time, all the timelines kind of mushed into one. So that's why I had to look it up. So what was happening? Um, why and why did I think coaching? Um, I think I was, what can I say? Where do I start? It's probably, I need to take a step back a little bit because I think it was around 2019, about a year before the summer of 2019 or so, when I felt quite stuck at my work and various things um I had been in the role that I was in for about two years I loved the job and the great managers peers teams um but I wanted something more you know that it's I loved the job and I was really busy but sometimes you look around and you know there's always that someone who seems to be at the right place the right time and get promoted or have great projects or just incredible opportunity seems to land on their lap and I and they made it look so easy and certainly that 
I had plenty of in-role development opportunities, but I was feeling a bit stuck. I thought I wanted more. And the similar things was happening up so in my personal life. I've just, you know, it's two years since returning from maternity leave. And um, yeah, it was great, you know, we were managing being parents, but it was hard work. But looking back, it's like, oh, I've managed to do all these things, wanted to do more. And I sort of wanted a passion project that some of my friends were doing alongside their work. And I thought, how do I fit all these things in? So I started doing some kind of working on myself part um, since around summer of 2019, a little bit more focused to it. And various things happened, but it was really like talking to people about their career experiences, personal experiences, how they managed to fit all that and coaching kept coming up. And I also met my career mentor around that time, who Mm -hmm. is a huge advocate for um, coaching. And it was just that it was clear to me, I had a better idea of what I wanted to do, how, how I wanted to get there. But after kind of a year of trying, I got somewhere, but it wasn't really resulting in, you know, tangible outcome, shall we say, something that say career progression or having found a passion project or anything like that. So I just thought I need to do something different and I'm going to ask for help, which is not something I, we used to really doing very much, especially for my own thing. And I thought, well, coaching sounds like something that I could try. And I attended your seminar, I think it was. Oh, uh, yes. I did a series at GSK. I remember mm. now. So once a month for six months. Um, it was over the pandemic period. So I'm sure that was 2020. Um, mm. I did a different leadership topic per month. And we had everybody in the women's leadership initiative across the globe attend these live. And um, I remember Roz, who was um, in charge of organizing at the time, saying, we have more than 300 people on the call each time. It's amazing. Like, it was a really great tool for keeping everybody connected during that time. So, um, So you attended one of those and thought, ah, maybe this person could help me. (laughs) well yes I I like your focus on STEM you know the similar background and just thought I don't know any other coaches where do I go and there you are and I thought oh why not so I booked the breakthrough call with you and I just thought why not let's try I've not got anything to lose and it seemed really nice (laughs) so that's that's how it happened I think I am nice (laughs) yes you are (laughs) I love that. So um, just put that in context, you're, you had mentorship and some people can often confuse mentorship with coaching or think that it's like, or it's like the same thing, but it's quite different. So a mentor technically should be someone who can help you walk the path that they've walked to make that transition smoother, easier or faster. And coaching's more about um, letting go of the stuff that's getting in your way of being able to do things or whether doing you know collapsing time and being able to do them much faster because you're not getting tripped up by yourself so it's about unlocking resources within you that you didn't even know were even maybe there and really tapping into all of you that full potential how would you describe coaching what 
Oh, yeah, that's, that's my definition. What, I mean, how how do you describe coaching? Exactly what you said, and I'm smiling because my career mentor was very clear that he's not a coach. Okay. <laughs> okay. He said, you know, I can be your mentor. I'm more than happy to work with you, but I think you can really benefit from coaching. And whilst coaching was already on my radar having someone kind of talk about it and tell me the impact he's seen in other people that he's interacted with. I think he said something like, oh, I always put my team members through coaching, which is offered, there's some type of coaching um, Mm -hmm. offered offered at GSK. And it was targeted for more senior leaders. So, um, but just hearing that, impact it had that coaching had on other people and it just sort of gave me that push to think that oh maybe I will try and I think what was stopping me is you know I'm going to invest on myself or I'm going to ask for help on my own (laughs) career progression or think about what I need to do it just seemed like I should know these things I should know how to do this that was the you know thing that was stopping me initially but just having that somebody say oh no no I think it would really benefit you and that was probably the thing that made me think yes I'm gonna try amazing and you did so we started on a one-to-one coaching journey together and what do you feel are the insights that you gained from that coaching what did it enable you to be able to do where do I start (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there was a lot of things, but what really the big, one of the biggest impacts the coaching session had on me was it, it, it gave me a language or the word, like right set of vocabulary, um, to, that resonated with me to explain or summarize some of the thoughts I had. In a lot of our sessions, I feel like, oh, that just didn't make any sense. I went, started talking about one thing and ended up talking about something else. But always there was that, oh my God, what I heard was da, 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 da. (laughs) That was just like, wow, you get me. I'm not going crazy with lots of thoughts in my head but actually there is something and just vocalizing that thoughts and having somebody like listen to you very intently and play that back to me. It was some, that really had a huge impact on that and it allowed me to look inside more even when we are not in the coaching sessions. And also I sort of avoided sometimes kind of I had a thought, but I would just say, I'll brush it off and busy myself with something else. But I was more curious about what it is that I wanted. And you know that question that people ask, oh, what do you want to do? Or what is your career aspirations or you know, life vision or whatever? Mm-hmm. I, I could never answer them. I still can't really that well, but there was something that I could start to think, oh, these are the things I like these are the things I don't like and I felt more comfortable kind of saying it out loud 
and also be okay with changing my mind. So something shifted through those conversations. And um, one more thing is accountability for my <laughs> own things. <laughs> Still work in progress, but having those sessions with you and saying, oh, this is my big rock for the next time. This is what I'm going to try and do. To say it to someone, and I knew yeah. that you are going to ask me next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forced me to prioritize, you know, working on the things I said I would, which wasn't work. It, yeah. it was about myself which seems seemed quite like um you know luxury to me but it brought that what do I want to do question to the center mm. um, having that bit more clarity around it I love that you picked up my favorite thing to do what I heard was <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite techniques in uh in coaching um but so those are some of the things that you experienced during coaching. And one of the things mm-hmm. that you wanted, as you've talked about in, in our podcast today, is around seeing other people have opportunities landing in their lap. Yeah. And I know that so much has changed since we started working together. So did you start to get opportunities landing in your lap? Mm, yes. Um, I didn't think that way you know that I didn't really realize but you know looking back I do have to pinch myself a little sometimes you know to think did that really happen did I just experience that thing that I wanted that, Uh that I wanted to be that someone in the right place at the right time and I feel like because of the clarity I got from coaching and working with a career mentor focusing on what I wanted and having the confidence to say out loud share that with my line manager or the right people mm-hmm. I think meant that there was more than just oh this would be you know this is a little extra that needs doing and it will be good for you because <laughs> a lot of the previous development conversation would just end up with that Yes. That was what's frustrating me. That that just means more work. Was I was starting to think that way initially? Of course, I thought, great, more responsibility. Yeah, okay, more experience, fantastic. But once you go through that cycle numerous times, you think, what do I have to say so that I get the outcome? Where you know some project that just where I can say, oh, this is what I want to do, and this is exactly the type of stretch in mm-hmm. my kind of skills that I wanted and yeah that's what I think first thing was this project that I was given where I got to work with then head of department um, to get involved you know work with the leadership team to facilitate their sort of discussions around organizational strategy um, which is an area that I wasn't a deep expert in in any way. Um, my the role that I had for the past seven eight years slightly mm-hmm. different format, but they were all you know deep expert role. Um, suddenly we were talking about you know organizational structure. How do we bring efficiency into the work? And there was a lot of there wasn't a framework around it. Right, there wasn't the process that I had to follow. It was around. What do leaders think? What are different leaders saying? And I was there to connect the dot using, you know, what I thought 
my thought right it's not that what do I have to do it's like what do I think and having you know those conversations with the leaders that was really exciting and that happened and then I, I think I said something like um I actually want to broaden my you know experience so that took a lot of courage because to say oh I want to do something else mm. <laughs> so I thought oh they'll probably I don't know that would would that put me um outside of their you know succession planning or what have you I don't know I've not seen that as a evidence but it's always a bit scary to say I want to do something else to your manager or you know senior leaders when you're actually enjoying the job um yeah but that got noticed and um but really <laughs> what really pushed me was there was a big reorg which um impacted my role um it did so it- just for clarity for people tell people your job title or role before the reorg oh, right. and then yeah what you did next and then the opportunity that landed for you more recently. Look, what are the, the kind of two big moves you've made in under two years? Yeah, okay. So um, I had been in working in a group called the Global Labelling Team, which is, sits within the um, Global Regulatory Affairs area in R&D. And I had various role, but in the last two years, I was um, working as the delivery manager, which led the functional team of um, labeling professionals um, based across multiple countries. It was great. I really loved the role. People were fantastic. Uh, It was quite process driven. Yes, there's a certain level of strategy, but things we did, we had to do them to meet the regulatory requirements. So there was quite rigid sort of um, framework around what we can and cannot do. Um, and what I experienced with that project that I sort of vaguely described was working outside of you know that framework, um, mm-hmm. looking at the strategic, you know, organizational strategy. And what I came to was, oh, it's like a chief of staff role. Um, yeah. Something that I didn't really know existed beyond I don't know some TV program about. <laughs> American politics oh um, no it's in House of Cards isn't it the chief yeah. of staff yeah <laughs> um so I looked that up and I actually said that's the type of role I wanted to do um so I started talking to people and found out there are that, that kind of roles in the company available but I realized that was a lot quite a senior role uh, working with senior leaders but um in any case I was sort of working towards you know how do I get there that was the career path I was looking for um and then the real happened where my role was impacted I don't think I realized what that meant um but within that restructuring there was an opportunity that looked very much like my role the job description looked very similar but the scope was different so it was broader so I would have to apply for that role, but it would have been um, actually a promotion. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, there's a good chance. I, I might have a good chance there. So that was an option. But then... You continue what you were doing like yeah. on that pathway to more senior position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I thought, oh, that's not a bad sort of choice. 
But then because of the work I've been doing with you, with my career mentor, I thought that's not, no, that's not what I need. Yes, great, career progression, finally an opportunity. But then um, I was just having a bit of a thought, started applying to, for some roles outside. And, um, and then I was told that there was actually opportunity that came up because somebody I knew was sort of moving on to a different role. And this somebody I knew was somebody I met through uh, my career mentor, had a role that I said, oh, that's the type of role I wanted to do, which was an operations manager. But essentially she was acting, doing the role of chief of staff to actually my career mentor. Um, I thought, (laughs) that sounds great. I wanted to do your role. I, I remember having that conversation with her. I said, oh, I want to find a role like yours somewhere else because I didn't know that she was going Maybe. to go to another yeah. role. I don't yeah. think she knew either. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I applied and um, and I was offered the job and I, I didn't really think twice, even though it was a parallel move. So it wasn't a promotion, but I thought it gives me the opportunity I've been looking for and Yes, the other role might give me a chance to have that, you know, that upgrade mm-hmm. in terms of seniority. But in the long, t- longer term, I'm going to trust my gut and go for that um, operations manager's role. And I'm really glad I did. I was sad to leave the previous team, of course, of but course. the same company and the people I met are also fantastic. Um my career mentor now become became my line manager and he is brilliant. I think every step I had the kind of right manager, they give me that sort of push I need. And that's what I've got at the moment. Um, it's sort of, um, the role was not that well defined. There was a lot of things I could do. And I remember thinking, this is all really fun. Yes, I remember that conversation. <laughs> you came to coach call and you said, I feel a bit uneasy about things being so easy and fun. <laughs> I, I felt so guilty saying that because it's never happened or <laughs> it just felt so odd because it's new. I find it exciting. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not easy that I don't have to use a brain. Not, it's not that. It's more that I feel like, you no, know, I knew what I had to do and it seemed what I was doing was what you know sufficient <laughs> and I thought am I doing enough and there was a lot of that conversation with my line manager at the time but am I doing enough is this the right thing is there something more I needed to do and I was a little bit uncomfortable there because I'm so used to having that technical expertise mm-hmm. to stand on you know to to perform basically you know to do well deliver I didn't have that you know, I'm in compliance department now. Um, I had no idea about the technical sort of skill set that's required to be, to do the sort of typical compliance role. Um, but um, I realized, no, that's not what I needed. That's not what my roles needed. But yet I get to learn more about it through absor- you know, absorption. Um, but what I was valued for was the ability to connect the dots, to yeah. deliver at high quality, which is what was required, you know, diligence and attention to detail, etc. And then the door was open to learn more. And 
the compliance department went through quite a lot of um, changes and I picked up some additional roles and some senior leadership change happened, which is all out of my control. And the new leader um, said, well, there's somebody who wants to do the chief of staff kind of role. There's an opportunity. I need somebody to <laughs> help me shape the leadership team, um, partner with me and you know, enable me to do that. And he was more than happy to let me do that role. So, and that's your second said, yeah. shift. So that's yeah. been the second move within two years to a promotion within the sphere of um, chief of staff type role. Of role, yeah. yeah. I don't have that title, no. <laughs> um, but that's one of the main things that I do. And um, but I have additional things which. I love because I have so many things that I could do and that's really exciting. And, and we know that variety is one of the things that has you very happy in the workplace as well. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I feel like I'm going, I don't know, in a zigzag and not really making any sense, but yes. <laughs> no, it's really helpful because sometimes it can be quite um, difficult to pinpoint some of the um, outcomes that you get from coaching. You know, people talk about, well, um, it helped me stay accountable and it changed my mindset. But here's some really tangible things. Yes, there was restructures at work, reorganizations that contributed, but you then suddenly became the person where the opportunities were happening for you instead of you being on the sidelines watching it happen for other people. You also talked about another thing you wanted to get out of coaching, which was around balance in work life you know at home for things to be good as well so what's changed for you in that arena I think both my husband and I are very conscientious people (laughs) (laughs) love to do well at work so we tend to you know spend a lot of time focused on work but that balance had to change when our little one arrived and because we don't have family in this country um who we can kind of lean on at the time of need we did struggle um to hit that right balance and you know we've managed but it it required both of us to work really hard and sometimes you know at the expense of our own time and I wasn't sleeping that much um sometimes like I can go to bed but my mind just was going on an overdrive thinking about things and it's, I probably procrastinated watching some I don't know Facebook TV or Instagram TV or something <laughs> like that um, for ages instead of sleeping which was rubbish um, but it felt at one point it was just like you know I was running on one of those hamster wheels and mm-hmm. thing was just happening and I did a lot and but you know it just it was just one thing after another. I didn't have time to take a breath or think about what it is that I want to achieve or what it is that's important for us as family. Um, it was more like I want to, I have a picture of like, you know, good mum. Yeah. And I was trying to tick that box to see I've done this, you know, I was there for this event, that event. I'm always, you know, am I patient with my son? And those are the things that I was sort of, you know, trying to make sure I was meeting my own expectations but it felt like at one point it felt like we were just you know going 
I remember you talking at one point about having one of these diaries where you had like the tick list of things that you should be doing, you know, pick up, pick up um, child at, you know, 5.30, not six o'clock. And then you would just override the thing that you had decided that's what, um, that's the thing that I want to achieve. You kind of just ignore it and override it at times. And because of this, like real drive and need to want to do well in the workplace. And then I remember you said that sometimes you felt guilty because you you were picking up your child and it was, he was like the last one there you picked up. Yes. yes. And yes. is that the case now? No. No. No, actually, no. I mean, we had a bit of a unusual circumstance where our child broke his arm so he couldn't join the after school club and uh, we oh, yes. had a nanny <laughs> so that <laughs> that was um, another challenge but um so he wasn't the last one to be picked up for a long time yeah. um but you know now he's healed thank goodness um but and we are back from holidays and you know the first number of days that we picked him up he's not been the last in fact I actually left work even though I still had a list of things to do, but I wanted to pick him up a bit early. Oh, I hadn't thought of that, but yes, that's oh. what they did this week. <laughs> mm. And that's the thing. These things happen naturally when you've defined how it is that you want things to be. It just sort of happens and you don't really attach the fact that, oh, I did just finish work early and picked him up to the fact that two years ago you were coached around <laughs> how you would like things to be at home. So, yeah. Sometimes it's making that connection between what you do in the sessions and then the reality that appears in front of you right now. And the third part of what you wanted to achieve through coaching was having a passion project. Something that you really care about and want to make a bigger difference in, in the world and in the workplace too. So have you found that thing that you feel really called too. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell a little bit of a hesitancy there? <laughs> um, but yes, um, it's an area of you know diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I think the long for the longest time, I felt like, am I interested in it? Because that's what people are talking about. That's the focus point. You know, there was a part of me feeling, is that what I'm doing? But there was something about it that. I felt like my experience, you know, of navigating through what I knew through, you know, growing up in Japan and then suddenly moving to sort of European country, again, out of my control because it was because of my father's job and having to find myself, what can I do? And survive, shall we say, you know, to find a space that I could fit in or know how to be myself in that kind of setting. I felt like there was something there that I could contribute or, you know, it would enable me to impact in this space in a unique way. I, (laughs) it feels really strange saying it out loud because I haven't done that very often. You know, I've not had a chance to do that very often. Um, I felt you know, there's Women's Leadership Initiative. We also have, you know, various um, 
employee resource group, which are doing a fantastic job. Um, but I've always been in the periphery, but mm-hmm. I've never jumped in to say, oh, this is what I'm going to champion. I just felt like I couldn't belong to one. I wanted all of that to kind of come together. I didn't want to just champion being a woman. I didn't just want to champion being an ethnic minority. I wanted I wanted to be that person who brings those things together or be one of the people who mm-hmm. works in that connecting that. And I think now the focus is there, right? The intersectionality, is that what we call it? Um, there's a lot to focus on that. There's a lot of um, opportunities here. And I feel like I'm in the right mindset and with the kind of voice where I can actually make the impact. Um, so I've, before this school, I was actually in the diversity, equity, inclusion work stream conversation where we sort of talked about the, you know, the lived experience where we all shared what it means, you know, what have we experienced, what it is that we want as culture and what do we need to change? What are we doing well? And that sort of things. And it was so, exciting it felt like I was in the right place it's still you know I don't have a sort of um I don't know three bullets point of these are the things I'm going to achieve I don't have that yet but I'm fine with that you know because it's not something you're going to fix overnight and it's not something I'm going to fix myself I just want to be part of it Mm -hmm. and not be a bystander going yeah that's great I think I can do something but I don't know which is what I was doing before now I'll say something like well this might be a bit controversial but can we talk about this and just be that active voice that's what I am finding as my passion project shall we say at work and I don't know at some point what I'd love to do is bring that back to you know my cultural realm of Japan where um who is is the third largest economy in the world or um but if you look at gender equality etc it's way below at the bottom Mm -hmm. and it's I think even the mindset of you know women in Japan isn't quite sort of hasn't gone through the journey that we have done in sort of this side of the world and you know how going through through this motion here and being a part of that change here I would love it if I can bring that back somehow to Japan in a way that resonates with mm-hmm. you know, um, that culture which there's a difference and we need to be mindful yes. and I want to be sort of like a bridge between that if I can do that that'll be great <laughs> in the long term <laughs> I love that you have now a passion project and a big bold vision for how you would like to contribute towards that and at the beginning when you talked about coaching you said it finally gave me a language to um, sort of understand behaviors to express how I'm feeling and it sounds like a little bit this is just my perception of it but it sounds like you're looking for a language to be able to translate that now to um back in Japan as well in a different way um that's so exciting and how have you managed to find the time then to have a passion project how have you managed to make that happen with or you know you've had a promotion you've had a change in role (laughs) and you've got a passion project so how 
Have you managed to manage it all? Oh, um, plus pick up, pick up your child early from school. Let's <laughs> 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 just add that into the mix too. So how are you making it all happen? <laughs> you can tell from my face, like I haven't thought about that. Um, I'd love to say it all came naturally. No, not really, but I think it's, it just feels more natural now than before. It's, it is less of an effort now. I think it's because I am talking to the right people. I'm saying it out loud what I want. And I have said that this is what I want to achieve. And this is what I want the time for. So there's plenty of work to be done but I am actually saying no to things, which, you know, we always get told to say no to things, you know, you, you have to prioritize. Um, and I'm actually doing that. <laughs> I wasn't before, I think. <laughs> so I'm doing that and I'm setting the boundaries as much as I can. So I'm setting priorities and I am prioritizing my time. Um, not always, of course. I'm still working in progress. We are all human, after all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I have a great support network as well. Um, I've talked about, you know, some of my journey with my friends who um, I, you know, talked to and they're really supportive. And also through um, you know, the one of many that I now going through the leader change program and I have a group of ladies that I didn't know before but they are wonderful support and you know I have you and the group coaching um where we they're not there you know responding to my needs or anything but it just those are the things that gives me I don't know safe space yeah to sometimes have problems and sometimes just be heard and that's that's been the one of the biggest change having that has given me the confidence and I don't know clarity mm -hmm. to say what I want and convey you know that thoughts and ask for help yeah it's that obviously creating a network of support but having that support which is a really deep and profound level of being able to um, feel safe enough to be fully witnessed and heard in the process and that I believe can change the world <laughs> if we allow it to that's beautiful so I have two questions for you before you finish okay no? okay <laughs> quick one quick fire number one is if you were to go backwards in time for a particular moment in your history where you feel that you could have really done with a piece of advice, what would be that moment in time and what piece of advice would you give yourself? I think I've heard you ask similar questions to somebody else, <laughs> but I'm not prepared. <laughs> um, hmm. I think... There was one, <laughs> there's one occasion, which is when I moved to England, to this country, which was mm -hmm. in the year 2000. And <laughs> my mother said to me that 
write down all the thoughts you have, things that you're amazed or surprised about, or things you're experiencing. And I thought, what are you on about, mum? I wish I did, because I can't really remember the things that I went through. So just, you know, that was when I moved away from my family to come to university, uh, live on my own away from my family that's a huge change and then different culture yes I moved from a European country to here but I'm very much a Japanese kind of <laughs> person so there was so much that I probably noticed as a you know it was a barrier or it was something that I had to navigate I wish I had that I did do what my mom told me so one is go back to that time and actually say to myself like listen to your mother <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm not one. sure many people would actually say that so that's really cool <laughs> that you would say I to listen to my mother <laughs> well yeah she is I, I've come to realize she's been my rock for like the longest time mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her she has given me and prodded me in the right direction at the key point in my life and I didn't really acknowledge it at the time or recognize it at the time but I do now so <laughs> that's one um but the oh. other is so when I was struggling a little bit well, I was struggling I suppose um through my initial part of the career which is in um academic research um PhD was great I loved my PhD time moving on to postdoc I loved the people I met but it wasn't an easy ride um I think there was a point where I could have you know made that switch to do something different sooner perhaps and that was the case even after I moved to um, industry work in GSK in the first sort of department um, perhaps I overanalyze things you say is it analysis paralysis or (laughs) sometimes you talk about comparisonitis (laughs) a lot (laughs) of those you know that I wish I um, had been well, not I wish. I don't regret anything I've done, but it's just that I wish there was somebody who could, could kind of match me and be that champion for me to say, like, look, it's okay, you know, make the choice you want, and that will be the right one, no matter what the outcome is. Um, I think there were times I was scared to make that choice, so I kept the options open. I, I took the option, which gave me the, you know, flex most flexibility. Mm-hmm. Whilst that was, you know, one way of going forward, I think I should have spent more time thinking about what is it that I wanted to do and not be afraid about discovering what it is that what I really wanted to do and voice that thought and be um, sort of feel like I was being judged. Nobody was judging me. I was judging myself. Um, (laughs) We all do it. (laughs) Having that awareness, I think that's, I wish I had that sooner. Um, and it's interesting you talk about I wish I'd had someone to help champion me you know kind of make sense of those thoughts in my head at the time and it's really interesting that you now have that championing support network in place so one last question my final question for you (laughs) what would you say to somebody who is embarking on coaching with me what would you say to them What's your advice there? Hmm, what would I, my advice be? Just stay open-minded 
Um, and <laughs> this doesn't sound quite right, but I almost said like trust the system or process. <laughs> but it I'm works. a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know sometimes some of the language I've encountered, you know, some of the language you use when you describe certain you know skill set, although we call the soft power. Initially, I had a bit of a reaction to it. That it just wasn't the language I was familiar with. I felt like, oh, that sounds a bit, you know, fluffy, or it's just doesn't sound right. I don't understand what that means. But over time, it just really sunk in. So just set your judgment aside, you know, open up and trust that you, Hannah, <laughs> you're there listening to every word we're saying and you are kind of helping us see what it is that we've got inside us so just let that come through and it will come in time if it doesn't in one session <laughs> yeah and that's the thing with coaching you can make an impact and absolutely you can have a huge impactful one-off coaching session but the beauty in coaching is that longer term relationship to really where the magic unfolds yes and quite frankly, you know, those 12 sessions I had with you. At that time, I would say, I don't think I was the best coachee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a checklist for best coachee. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, um, but the impact it had, it just, things that leaves you with, that's what I'm taking away. It's, you know, I've not had that 12. 12 session was a while back, wasn't it? Yeah. But, the tool I've learned, the things we discussed, that just just comes up at the most unexpected time. And I really value that. And you know, I'm continuing on that journey, aren't I? And um, I'm yeah. really excited because I know what it can do and I want more. <laughs> yes, I, yes, absolutely. Yes, and more to that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us, Natsuko. And I, for one, are super excited about your future, the way in which you're balancing everything off with your family and your big, bold passion project as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.